Hello, and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Howard Kane. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. On the show this evening, a new book from three times Manx Litfest Poetry Slam champion and former winner of the Olive Lanning short story competition, Jackie Morrie Grace, which blends poetry and storytelling to haunting effect. And art and nature, could you be an artist in residence for the living world? Don't forget, any art-related stories you'd like covered on Spotlight, get in touch, email spotlight at manxradio.com. First off, the Manx Wildlife Trust is hosting the inaugural Biosphere Artist in Residence. Working in association with partners UNESCO Biosphere Isle of Man and funded by the Isle of Man Arts Council, the Trust is inviting proposals for a year-long funded artist residency, an artist or artist's who can connect with people of all ages through artistic endeavours of whatever type which celebrate the unique natural environment which is the Isle of Man. CEO of the Manx Wildlife Trust, Lee Morris, explained more to me. We're looking for an artist or artist who will be the Manx Wildlife Trust Biosphere Artist for, for 2022. Um, and we're hoping that pulls all sorts of different types of artists out of you know from across the island that, that might throw their hat in the ring so to speak and, and and see if they'd like to be our artist or our artist in residence for the year so how is this going to work practically will they sort of be based at the wildlife headquarters in peel or will they be based in their own studio or whatever the case may be we, we want them to feel part of the team so there'll certainly be a desk where they could sit and they'll be able to come in and you know if they need to use our vehicle or join or use a computer or be feel part of the team absolutely we, we want we want the artists to be in our team, but maybe they work from home. It, it's not a full-time post. Or we don't perceive it so. That, that There is certain outputs. So key key outputs will be some engagement events. We, we really want to try and get people across the Isle of Man engaging more with nature, but through the medium of art. And so within the residency, one of the deliverables will be that the artist or artist will, will run some events. But beyond that, it, it's very much... We're hoping up to the artist how they will do it. We hope that they really use this, this, if you like, this badge as a real mandate for them to go out and, you know, represent us and represent nature and really go to to other audiences through the medium of art. So, I've been involved in similar things elsewhere, and and I'm and already from you know from the the conversations and the artists that I've met in the Isle of Man, I think there's some spectacular artists here who are who who in I won't embarrass any by names, but you know anecdotally they've said to me, wow, that, we'd love to be pitching in for that. So we're really hoping we get some talent who want who want to be our artist in residence, engage with people, and and you know maybe legacies coming out of this. Maybe there's permanent pieces of art of whatever art is. Um, that that beyond the, the beyond the year will will sustain um, and and just in conversations with the biosphere and the and Isle of Man Arts Council, I guess the vision for for all of us is that we may end up with a few artists in mm-hmm. residence, you know, and they could be in different parts of the island, using art and engaging people in other topics through the medium of art as well as promoting Manx art. So this is. What it sounds like then is very much a blank canvas, if you'll excuse the pun, and that it could be something, it could be sculpture, it could be three-dimensional, it could be classic sort of painting, sort of oil on canvas, or whatever the case may be. Could it be something like photography and this sort of side of things? It could be anything. And um, 
I'm not an artist, but I know I like some art, and I know I like art. I like everything from <laughs> from rock music to different types of films and, and, and certain bits of music. And, and just recently, actually, um, well, there was a fantastic exhibition we did jointly with Manx National Heritage, um, Art of Nature at the House of Mananan. Mm, I remember it. Which was wonderful. And that was, if you like, probably more traditional visual art. Um, we've recently formed a link with a, a, a lovely lady. I've only met her on, on Zoom um, called Ellery Morgan, who is a music composer, and she's worth Googling. She, she lives in the island, um, and she creates some wonderful music that we, we're now going to look to overlay some of our imagery, our videography around Manx nature with her music as, a, as, as another way of interpreting also got someone in our team called Claire Payne who is a fantastic artist she recently had an exhibition in, in Port Erin doing marine so th there are some wonderful artists in the island and I guess the broad vision is that be they uh, you know a, a, a vlogger a photographer a, a musician a traditional artist a, a guerrilla artist we'd like to hear from people who think that they can connect with people through art about Manx nature you know, on the foreshore in Douglas, in one of our nature reserves, uh, or in a car park in Douglas. And and I think we're hoping that we can actually, you know, it's very much about community and it's very much about engaging people. And, and maybe through some of these events, engagement events, we, we get people to go to the Hairpin Woodland Park at Ramsey where they, they work with our artists in residence to create art. And that might be short-term art or it might be long-term art. But maybe we get the artist, as I say, to come into to Douglas, into Nobles Park, and run an art event there. And and I think there's so much possibilities that I'm hoping and predicting that that when we have the pitching day, where we get the artist that we've shortlisted to come along and pitch to us and the Biosphere and the Arts Council about how they would use the stipend and what they would do in terms of engaging people with art, we're going to get a real box of chocolates around ideas. And maybe that's why we might get you know, two or three of them to work together. So so this, obviously, it is funded, the whole scheme is funded for, for the year. Uh, you were talking about the Northern Park at the Hairpin Woodland Park in Ramsey, and so there's going to be a sort of slight emphasis on the north and some of the reserves, some of the MWT reserves in the north of the island. We hope so. That it, it's, it's very much an artist-in-residence for the island, mm -hmm. for the Isle of Man. But we are conscious, and, and in conversations with the Arts Council, that that if you look at how, how the, the sort of projects work across the island, there, are, there is less happening in the north, I'm told. And so because the Hairpin Woodland Park is becoming a, a really important project for us, and because we've, you know, some of our main nature reserves in, are in the north as well, we'd certainly be, be, be steering the artists and residents to be doing at least some significant part of their residency focused in and around the north. But not entirely, um, and and you know again, a digital artist could be working across the whole piece anyway. So, yes, North is important to us, but it's not just a Northern residency. And you're mentioning vlogging and digital arts as well, and of course, this is very much the case, isn't it? There can be clearly things like you know cl classical art exhibitions or physical installations, but there could also be online 
art as well in whatever form that be, whether it's a vlog, whether it's some sort of, I don't know, maybe a video installation of some kind. That could, it really is. It, it's sort of the world is our oyster from that point of view. Yeah, I'm, 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 I was delighted when you asked, invited me in today to talk about this and I, and I hope I do it justice and, and reach all the different artists or inspiring artists that are in the island. So, you know, randomly, if, if you're a, what some might call a traditional artist, please view this as an opportunity for you. If you're, um, let's say, a young a young person who likes to create TikTok videos and has got a bit of a net, don't feel that this isn't for you. We'd still be keen to hear because actually connecting with young people is really really important for for us and other environmental organisations. How do we how do we get to the masses in the island? How do we get to the major to to actually get people to be inspired more about Manx nature and hopefully just do a little bit of something different to 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 really help Manx nature in the long term. So, yes, please, we'd love to get some, you know, young artists with different ideas pitching their ideas in. And it is a real crossover, as you say, between art and nature and science. And it's amazing how you can sort of meld the three together. I'm thinking, actually, yeah, your old stamping ground, I think, up at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Edinburgh, and I was up there just before Christmas, a wonderful exhibition there by a photographer, um, to my great shame, I've forgotten his name, but it was basically specialised photography, which sort of crossed that boundary between art, nature and science, and that there were incredibly close-up pictures of sort of seed heads and details and seeds and pollen blown up and again taken it in a very specialist way, highly detailed, and then framed as black and white pictures. So they were absolute works of art in themselves, but they were actually, you know, pieces of nature. They were actually small, tiny parts of plants blown up you'd never be able to see otherwise and appreciate the incredible forms and the shapes and the, and the textures of some of these things which are far too small to see in real life. So that there's all sorts of areas you can explore with this, I guess, which makes it a, makes it a very exciting project. You were talking about a pitching day. So people listening to this or people thinking, you know what, wouldn't mind a crack. How how do they go about it? So please first go to the website, go to the proverbial website on Manx Wildlife Trust. We've, we've, we've got a page that went live last night in time for, for for this being recorded today. So the details are there. What we'd really like, we're not going to say a two-page letter and a formal CV. We we want to be a little bit more free with this. But people do need to apply and they do need to send us something. And, and that could be a written submission or it could be a video submission, you know, or, or a different way or an audio submission. We'd like to, you know, we want people to apply. We want them to apply to us. Um, please email everything through to me. The address is on the website. Um, and just tell tell us how you would like to, you know, how would you use that status of being our artist in residence? Um, you know, it's not a massive sum, but but it's not a full-time role. I think there's a stipend uh, of about 6K. For uh, We need five events plus whatever else the artist wants to do. Plus there's also a budget of about seven to 8,000 for materials for running workshops and creating art. So we'd like to know how you would use that money what you would do if this if there's a couple of artists together that think oh we could do that jointly please bid in but be a bit free you know just communicate hopefully with a flavor of your own artistic skills to us about what you would bring to the role as an artist in residence with Manx Wildlife Trust and, and the Biosphere. Lovely. Is there a time scale this from the point of view of, of application? Yeah, we've pitched it. Um, when we first put it, Christmas puts in, we were thinking end of January, but I think we've put down the end of the first week in February. Um, so we just need that initial pitch, and then then we'll be looking to have um, a, a shortlisting. Hopefully, we'll get we'll get we're hoping we get lots of applicants yeah, yeah. Or, or a pile, and then we'll, we'll sift down. And we'd view that as a as a pitching exercise. Hopefully, with COVID, we'll we'll do it in a socially distanced 
way in a room, but we may do it hybrid with a with a few people zooming in as well. But um, very much an opportunity for for us to meet the artists, for them to meet us. It's a really important relationship, um, and. Uh, Probably my last point is is that the artists we're hoping that they will will get inspired by some of the work we're doing. It was lovely what you said about Edinburgh Botanics. I I had the lovely role there of um, across public engagement and interpretation, and we had a, we had a fantastic modern art gallery called Inverleith House, and 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 my own learning and appreciation of art went up massively. And and there's some fantastic botanists in Edinburgh Botanic Garden who are also wonderful artists. You know, diatoms, I can think of one guy that did diatoms and another guy that used to run the, the, the master's programme. So um, it is important. And, it, and it, imagine a world or imagine an island where we've really connected with new audiences about how wonderful our nature is and hopefully inspired more people to go out and look after it and love it through creating beautiful bits of art. It's not a new concept, but it, it's certainly new for us. It's terrific. And uh, just finally, when do you hope to be able to uh, make the announcement on uh, who he, she, they might yeah. be of the artists? Well, if we can get applications in by the 7th, we'd look to, to, to shortlist very quickly. Um, we'd hope to be having a pitching um, probably third week in Feb, fourth at the end. So by the end of Feb, we've got an artist in residence or artists appointed who can then who are then in role getting ready for for. for designing and doing stuff through the the spring and summer. Lee Morris from the Banks Wildlife Trust. And don't forget, if you'd like to apply, get your application in by the 7th of February. It sounds like a really exciting project and I hope you enjoyed that brief excerpt of Forest Lullaby, the music of Ellery Morgan. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, Asla's Song is the latest book from the ever-inventive mind of poet, artist and writer Jackie Murray-Grace. Jackie will be familiar to many of you, of course, from her performances around the island, not least as three times winner of the Manx Litfest Poetry Slam. Her new work, her new book, A Play in Verse, is as dark and mysterious as a midnight walk in an isolated spinney, haunting and harrowing with Jackie's ever-present inky black humour. I'm a ghost. Invisible to one and all, disregarded, not thought of as being important at all. He pushed and he pushed till I was crushed, but not quite my soul. And so, though my physical body is gone, my rage, I'm afraid, carries on. I follow him each day, I have a certain routine. I like to watch the way he combs his hair and when he shaves. I breathe on his mirror, wait for him to flinch whilst I close my eyes and... Surprise! I plant kisses underneath his collar. Does he know? What does he feel? Where is the remorse that I hope might be more in evidence here? But why am I shocked? It's the same every time, it's the same every day. Killing me was never enough and still in death he makes me pay. I know I've called upon the immortals to judge his crimes and his opportunistic battles. I remain a ghost. And a story so far. No matter how furious my words, they have limited force. But the shard of glass that still sparkles and touched beneath the bed is reminder enough. He didn't want me to live at all. He wanted me dead. I cannot give up. Beautiful stuff. And this is read by the author herself, Asilus Song, the main proponent there, the ghost who conspires to haunt to death her ex-lover. And uh, we find out as it goes along that his disregard we've come to learn has driven her to this tragic and untimely end. I was reading in the notes a little bit earlier on in the in the book itself, you were saying that you quite often derive a lot of inspiration coming back from, from sort of 
you're keen walking out and about and sometimes see around the coastline. Is that the sort of stuff which actually does inspire your poetry and your work? Because I always think whenever I hear a lot of your work, a lot of it's coming from, from the heart, from within, in many ways. Um, I, I think it does completely come from within, but I think because I'm such a keen walker and because I, I adore the Isle of Man, well, you know, I moved back here. Um, I moved back here, and I was expecting my second child, and he's eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> and when I moved back that very first night, I stayed at my parents' house, and I remember feeling this huge magnet kind of. And I just thought, I'm home, and I never need to go anywhere because I'd lived away for a few years. But I never need to go away again. And um, when when I do walk around, I, I just it to me, it, I, I I cannot separate the Isle of Man from from me and from my poetry and from my walks. It, it all comes together because I I do a lot of writing when I'm walking, or if I don't do writing, I will get I'll be memorising stuff, or I'll get maybe just first lines come into my head or ideas. Or a feeling. To be honest, there's not a great deal that goes on in my head, actually. So there, there really isn't. I'm somebody who writes, um, I don't plan anything, which you, you tend to get two different types of writers. You get the core planners and pantsers. I go by the seat of my pants, so I don't write anything. So I just get a feeling, and I'm inspired by that feeling, and that's what generates the way I write or, or, or turns into my poetry. So I didn't actually write it to be a play. Uh, I wrote it, it was based around the last the last scene actually which is called Song for a Scylla and I felt like that was quite a personal piece in many ways it was a response to um to, to a story that I heard and I decided it just needed the fuller story to develop into something that made sense of Song for mm. a Scylla because in, in many ways actually that that last that last scene is quite ambiguous so I just sat down and I thought I'm going to create this into something bigger it became a bit of a project a bit of a mission and it just unfolded the way it unfolded. And it was actually always supposed to be a performance piece. And as it as I wrote it, uh, I realised that there were different voices that were coming through. And when I first came to do my performance, uh, I I needed a mask, actually. So I asked my husband and a friend to create this mask for me, which they did. And I did a performance up at Douglas Head, uh, the amphitheatre, which was amazing. On a really, just behind Manx Radio here. Just behind Manx yeah, Radio. Yeah, great venue. It, it was. It was a very special event, I have to say. We did it with Penny Productions, and um, when when I did it, I had the full, had the delay pedal for some of the ghostly voices, and I had this huge gold mask which I used to represent. So that there are three characters in the actual story. So there's Ghost Asilla, who's our main character. Then there's the Angel Asilla, and then there's the the ex. Okay, so. With the mask, I used the mask to represent the angel of Scylla so people could clearly see the different voices. But obviously from doing that, that was a play. And then when I came to to formulate it into the book, I realised it just worked better if it was laid out as a play. So there are 12 clear scenes in there. And to be honest, it, it brings the book together in a way because there are some bits in the performance uh, or if you're just listening to it where it is quite amb- ambiguous. Which is deliberate, in fact. It's deliberate because I didn't want a certain blame to any one character for what happens. And I wanted to leave it up to the listener or the reader to actually make up their own mind about what happens or what what happened and what led to the eventual outcome. Uh, so writing it down to a play, I think for me, it felt like it made it a little bit clearer. All, all those things that, that, you know, that, that is supposed mm-hmm. to be ambiguous. And that's just how it came out. When I, when I formulated the book, it came out as a play. And you're very much about <laughs> about performance because obviously 
you, you have plays, you have poetry on the page, on the written page. And then, of course, there is the performance aspect. And I think your work is always very much based around these works being performed rather than just read. Yes. Do you so, think there's a big difference in that for you? There's a big difference. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, when, I, when I'm performing... Okay, when I write it. So I think it's it's the way that I write it. So when I write stuff, I read everything over mm-hmm. and over again. So it, it's quite a laborious task. So if I'm writing, I will do my first sentence and then a second sentence. And then I'll go back and I'll read the first, second, and then I'll write the third, then it's first, second, third. So I, if I'm ever interrupted when I'm writing work, it's quite annoying because <laughs> I'm always reading it from the top and yeah, going yeah. down. And, yeah, and if it's a long piece, it's, you know, obviously things are in sections sometimes. Um, so when, because I'm doing it like that and I always read everything aloud because I like the I like words, I like the way that words feel inside your mouth, I like the way that, you know, you can you can I'd like the experience of it the dramatic experience of it or just the the physical experience of it and quite often because you have these themes and in this one it's hauntings and despair and a loss of sense of self and loneliness and such like and we were chatting beforehand because we've often had a chat you know at at sort of the slams and such like and I'm always doing something very silly and you'll be doing something which is usually a much darker theme is it this sort of darker side of life which you you find is more to your Ken, when it comes to writing, or do you ever find something on the brighter side? You think, well, you know, what's something really sort of open, bright, and cheerful, or is that just not not the one which pushes pushes your poetic buttons, as it were? Uh, Howard, as I said to you before, right? Um, I love your writing, and I wish I could write funny stuff. I've tried to write funny stuff, and I uh, I've, I I think comedy is and is kind of like the pinnacle of good writing. If I'm quite honest, I think comedy is a really hard thing to do. I have, I've recently been doing with Penny Productions and Open Mic, and we've been inviting comics to come along to mm. do it. And I've been challenged to write a comedy set because everything I do is dark. And I don't know, I mean, I've always been a bit of a goth. I am drawn to that kind of thing. I love ghost stories. I love darker side of things. I love spells, magic, all that kind of stuff. And that, that, does resonate but I would love to write stuff that's funny and actually I think a lot of my stuff has got dark humour in it but it's not always evident to other people but if you watch Asilla when I perform it there are moments when it's definitely dark humour and to me and a lot of moments when I'm performing inside my head I'm thinking it's funny and it might not look funny to everybody else but I'm I'm having a funny moment. (laughs) It's come out in book form now beautifully done the artwork is by you as well? Yes, it is. That's why it took so long Wonderful. to format. I had to learn how to do the, the paint, they're gorgeous. <laughs> I must admit, the paintings inside are lovely. The birds in particular, I think, are really lovely as the story unfolds as well. So it's uh, not only your own words, but your own art as well. Available now in book form. Uh, where can people get it? Uh, Bridge Bookshop should have some copies. And they've also got copies of my other book on Ravensdale Hill. Um, and also quirky.im. Which is the online thing? Mm. If you want to get it online, mm-hmm. or people can just message me. I'll just stick it in the post. You stick it in the post. Will Drop you sign it, it for them? Of course, I'll sign <laughs> it. <laughs> and just before you go, I, I feel I know the answer to this question already. But uh, more works in the offing? I don't know. No, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've got tons of stuff. I have got about two and a half, three hours actually memorized of stuff, and. This year, but basically, I I think I need to consolidate a lot of the work that I've got, and I feel like that's where I'm at at the moment. So to just to finish things, get projects. If I might, what I might do this year, I might record some stuff. 
Just that's what I might do. I might record some, I might do, might do some videos, some actual recordings. People sometimes ask for the recordings rather than to read it. So I have done a bit of that in the past. But yeah, I, as for writing new stuff, we'll just have to wait and see. Watch this space. In the meantime, copies of Ask the Song are available now. Get one and enjoy. That's about it for this week. Thanks to Lee and Jackie. Christy, back with you next week, I believe. Until then, cheerio.